Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, Matt Donald here. This is the part where I tell you about my Patreon. And guess what? I still have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Matthew Donald. There you can buy, well, I, I guess find, but I guess buy is the trick term. That was a bit of a Freudian slip there, but that is correct. You can buy slash find bonus content um, about pop culture featuring prehistoric animals. And this month, uh, we're having a bit of a wild card because I'm in a rut here where I'm recording this later in the month rather than earlier. So it's going to be one of three things, three very different things. It's either going to be Walking with Dinosaurs, the documentary, The Valley of Guanji, Ray Harryhausen, stop-motion animated film about cowboys and dinosaurs, or Ratchet and Clank, Tools of Destruction, the game that has alien dinosaurs in one level. It's going to be one of those three things. So enjoy whichever one it is. Link is in the description before you can sign up to the Patreon. Thank you for your support and have a good day. The show continues to be as professional as ever. Roar. Growl. Snarl. Bellow. Roar. Welcome to Paleobites, the podcast as classic as the Jurassic. My name is Matthew Dahl, and each week I and rotate series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genius of prehistoric animal, be it dinosaur, mammal, arthropod, and so on. This week I'm joined by someone who is a classic co-host that you've been here since episode, I believe, two. <laughs> you were there for, actually, you were the first one I ever recorded with, though, to be fair. Really? I record, yeah, because I recorded them all. I, I made sure before I uploaded them and started putting them all in order, I had a bunch of them ready to go, and you were the first person I recorded with. So the classic <laughs> co-host, Bill, by Stephen Curro. How are you? I am, I am great, and I am always happy to be here. Yeah, Thank that's you. great, isn't it? <laughs> uh, good stuff. We're talking about some dinosaurs and some other stuff talking about an obscure dinosaur today this is one where it's like i looked i did like the dinosaur generator thing where it's just like show me a random dinosaur and it pops up I'm like oh i have no other reason to talk about this one so <laughs> <laughs> but there's some interesting stuff with this one uh but before we get to it a dinosaur related question if you could imagine any dinosaur as a pirate which one and why <laughs> i don't know it's a very interesting question uh I like to imagine that rather than a pair, having a parrot, has a little human on. <laughs> Especially if it's a big enough dinosaur, it doesn't even have to be a shrunken human. Maybe, it's like maybe a pterosaur, like a little rampant. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, gee whiz, I could totally see. How about Archaeopteryx? <laughs> I didn't do that just for this one joke. I just came up with that. I swear. That's <laughs> no, that that fits totally. <laughs> um. I Argentina's. I don't, I don't know why I keep picturing Dilophosaurus. Dilophosaurus. I mean, I don't know. It has got the crest. Kind of looks like a hat. Kind of looks like a sailor's hat. The I, crest. It might be because you had a um, you had a character 
in Megazelda. Oh, yes, Felir. Based off of Errol Flynn. Yes. So <laughs> Yes. I don't know if he ever played any pirates. He did play Robin Hood. He played some other... He was know. in... No, wait. Was he in... Did Errol Flynn play any uh, pirates? No, no, no. I'm confusing him with Burt Lancaster. Oh. Never mind. Oh. Well, I'm Burt Lancaster. Errol Flynn sounds better than Burt Lancaster. <laughs> he was a, he was a fun actor, though. He was a, a oh, circus sure. circus performer. So oh, I'm sure. That's, that's cool. That, that's cool. He was a pirate in one of his movies. Anyway, uh, Dilophosaurus. Yes, Dilophosaurus. Anyway, Dilophosaurus. That's good. It, it makes <laughs> sense. He has the he he has like the mentality, and again, his crest kind of looks like the hat. So kinda like a tricorn hat. Yeah. Yeah. Bi- yeah. Bicorn hat. So yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dilophosaurus. Okay, I'm gonna pick Archaeopteryx. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, was it like two pirates was that joke two pirates are sail on the high seas and there's a storm coming and the other one says like ah there be there be treacherous waters ahead the other one's like are there are treacherous waters ahead <laughs> <laughs> oh i like that that's a good one <laughs> <sighs> i parts in first parts of Caribbean is that one point when uh well, one of my favorite parts is when Jeffrey Rush first explains to Elizabeth the curse, and then when she tries to escape at one point, he's just like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Rush was having the time of his he's life. He's the perfect pirate, honestly. Yeah. He did, I did also find out from him, but this is before we get to Decentris, <laughs> that he wanted to be, he mandated that he's on the left side of the, of the frame whenever there's multiple people on screen as much as possible because he believes, and I can see this seeming true, that people's eyes naturally go from left to right when watching the screen. So he wanted to be on screen first. Hmm. So well, as the villain and later, just really fun character, really fun antihero. See that yeah, when he yeah. dies a second time in the last one, you kind of feel bad for him that time. Yeah, he finally found his daughter, and it was yeah, nice, kind of sad. You know, while we're on the subject of pirates, when I worked for Dinosaur Ridge, yes. I went on outreach to the uh, Denver State Fair mm-hmm. one time, and I got drafted into. You a, got drafted into pirates. You got Shanghai. I got with... drafted into a talk like a pirate contest, and oh. I won. That's cool. <laughs> Pirates are fun. So, Except was... they're they're terrible and they're, they're right. I know disease ridden like and really romanticize, terrible to women. Them. Yeah, like <laughs> except for the ones that were women, like Anne Barlow. <laughs> but yes, the question the question that um, I think pulled me over um, the question was: You have been found in the bottom of the ship with um, a goat, a cannon, and like a jar of marmalade or something like that. How do you explain yourself? Uh, so off the top of my head, I went, Gar, don't be giving me that sort of look. I lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> I did have that one that one character in my Megazoic books, uh, Azurak, that was kind of... Kind of piratey. Piratey, but more like kind of... I meant him more, more like colonial sail, sailor-y. He did talk like a pirate, but I meant him more... Uh, uh, right, I remember that guy. Uh, Le- sinking all of me ships, you know. <laughs> yeah, Lamphra. That was me trying to like look up. What are some Jurassic in- Indian dinosaurs? And that's the one that came up. So speaking of obscure dinosaurs, yeah, we're talking about <laughs> Decentrus, which means the one with a tail full of points. Oh. Uh, type is a stegosaur, a group of armored dinosaurs closely related to the ankylosaurs and nautosaurs. A bunch of spiky boys. This lot. <laughs> Uh, size 26 to 30 feet, so it's 8 to 9 meters long, 5 to 5.5 tons. That's approaching Stegosaurus size, which is amazing because Stegosaurus is so much bigger than the rest of the family. Yeah, well, I look yeah. at the other ones like Kentrosaurus and Tujangosaurus and Gigant Spinosaurus. They're all like 15 or so feet long. Sounds like he had a rival. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, diet herbivore time. I'm like Jurassic to early Cretaceous, 150 to 140 million years ago. Location, England. 
Oh. This actually was the first, I think it was, might have been the first Decosaur discovered, I, I think. When I looked, or it was the first one found in Europe. I don't know. It's the so best I'm, one I've found in Europe. I looked at so. I thought Stegosaurus was the first because every other animal in that group is a Stegosaurid. Well, I think this was discovered first, but wasn't officially described as a Stegosaurid until later. Okay, that makes sense. They were like, "What is this weird lizard thing?" Like a not. I mean, because like remember, like one of the original three dinosaurs with with the one that people always forget because there's a Guandon and uh, Megalosaurus. Megalosaurus. There was also right. Hyliosaurus, which is like a nautosaurid. Mm. And I guess they thought it was related more to that. So mm. described in 1875, pop culture appearances. Apparently, one is in the background of Land Before Time Seven, The Stone of Cold Fire. Huh. That's the one with the aliens, so why not throw a Dicentrix in there? I don't know. <laughs> also, it's in the Roblox game Dinosaur Simulator. Is that a Roblox game? Oh, and also, like I said, my me- I used it as one of my shades in my second Megazoic book, The Primal Power. Right, right. I don't know why I didn't just use a Kentrosaurus. I guess I was just trying to be unique. <laughs> well, wasn't Zolgaron originally Kentrosaurus? Yes, but then I was like Stegosaurus it is. But I came with so, that later on. Though, I, so. don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I was back in the olden days of dinosaur knowledge yore. A uh, man named Professor Richard Owen. Oh, Richard uh, Owen. One of the great olden day dinosaur knowledgeists. <laughs> and the one I particularly mistakenly compared to Arthur Dennison to in the appearance in our Patreon episode of Downtopia. I actually meant Edward Drinker Cope. Because <laughs> I remember when we did Downtopia, I'm like, this guy looks like one of those paleontologists. I forgot which one. It's Edward Drinker Cope that he looks exactly like. <laughs> so um, he was informed that a fossil skeleton was uncovered in clay pits in Whitshire, England. And so he had his team secure the specimen and take it to London. Due to its robust humerus, he named the species Omosaurus, or upper arm lizard. Later bones found on the Cambridge, Clay, and Cambridgeshire formations, not formations, kind of like those areas, um, were uh, uncovered in the following years and were each giving new species names within this Omosaurus genus. In fact, a total of five different species were named within this genus, so clearly all the paleontologists wanted to get in on this Omosaurus action. <laughs> Alas, though, uh, it was later revealed that the name Omosaurus are taken by a Triassic Phytosaur. You know the Phytosaurs? Yeah, they're sort of like crocodilians. Kind of? They're, kind they're, of. they're like archosauriforms. Crocodilian-ish. They're not even like in the Crocodilomorph family. I think they're before that. But like they're archosauriforms, though. So like the early archosaurs. Uh, turns out Omosaurus is actually one of these. But like I said, in the time we're talking about sarophagus, you know, um, the they're, they're, for, they're forgiven, though, because Google wasn't a thing back then. They have no way of knowing. <laughs> you know how many um, lines of paperwork that you have to go through? To when you're researching without Google, yeah, it's like all of those ancient uh, well, and also, papers that people write. And, well, and also oh you God. wouldn't even know where to start because it's not just like oh, look at all life. You have to be like all different this type of life, this type of life, this type of life. Right. Nowadays, if you want to describe a new species, you can just Google is this taken. <laughs> so, so much more, so much easier. Technology can be good sometimes, listeners. <laughs> so, but it turns out Omosaurus turned out to be dubious itself, as the phytosaur that accompanied the name turned out to be not known from sufficient evidence. So the name just can't catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in 1902, American zoologist Frederick Augustus Lucas renamed the genus Decentrus, which I gotta say does not roll off the tongue. <laughs> a Decentrus. It's that ruru at the end. I'm thinking of decentralized. When we it does look like decentralized. I think the centra comes from like sort of like Centrosaurus, oh. like which is also the same as Kentrosaurus, but just with the C instead of a K. Rhymes, means yeah. the same thing too. So like, means spiked lizard for both of them. <laughs> no word should have ruru. <laughs> in it. I actually looked up like what other words have ruru in the middle. They're all dinosaurs or scientific things. Sounds like my German shepherd talk. <laughs> Makes me think of finding finding Dory. Remember finding Dory when they uh yeah. when they were trying to get Becky and he was like ruru ruru Becky <laughs> <laughs> But 
there's a dinosaur, another dinosaur in it with Ruru. You ever heard of Talarurus? Talarurus? No, I don't know that one. It's an ankylosaur whose only claim to fame is at the beginning of Disney's Dinosaur, where two of them are bellowing at each other at a river. Oh, that's a that Talarurus. No, yeah. Awesome. Well, Aldo's egg pops up and one of them sniffs it. Yeah, that's an esteemed performance of Italaris. <laughs> I can only Oscar. assume it was in the runnings for all the year 2000 film awards <laughs> for its three-second appearance in Disney's Dinosaur. <laughs> Don't know why they didn't just reuse the model for uh, Earl, the little like, dog in Kylosaur, but like, maybe they wanted... I don't know, good on them. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, Decentaurus is the best-known Stegosaur from Europe, although technically Stegosaur itself also had some fossils known from Portugal, just not as many known specimens from Europe as... Uh, Decenturus. Uh, despite them being close in size, the body plans are actually quite different. Decenturus had two pairs of plates lining symmetrically rather than the asymmetrical one off the other one that oh, um, uh, Stegosaurus I had. I like symmetry. Yeah, it is nice. Bilateral symmetry. All, all of us have, except for crabs. For some reason, they're like... <laughs> <laughs> and it's not all the same one. Sometimes some crabs have the left claw and some of them have the right claw. Have you seen that? Why? I've wondered that too. It's like it's so clunky and awkward. I mean, I know we're dominant handed. And then they walk we're... sideways. Yeah. Ugh. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Crabs. <laughs> but yet, crabs are the most efficient animal. Carcinization has happened five times in, in uh, pit evolution. But so, I don't know. Uh, crabs. <laughs> so... <laughs> What was I talking about? Uh, so, um, <laughs> all right. So, also, Decenturus uh, had uh, a bunch of spikes lying down its lower back and tail, hence its name, the one with the tail full of points. Also, unlike Stegosaurus, Decenturus had longer forelimbs than hind limbs, kind of like Brachiosaurus. Sounds very awkward. Well, that's why it was originally called Omosaurus, the upper arm lizard, because of those things. Makes sense. Uh, it also might be, I don't know if it's longer overall. It might be more like the upper arms were longer, but the other one. But, like, so they kind of evened out in terms of, like... Must have been a very stout walker. Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. Like, and... Uh, in terms of its... Uh, the dinosaurs it's closest to, and in terms of stegosaurids, um, it, its subfamily stegosaurids were actually known for its oddly lengthy features, as this is very closely related to Maragaya, which is the one you like. <laughs> yeah, it's just really pretty cool. Long-necked stegosaur. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh, stegosaurus had quite a long neck now, we think. You ever seen what modern Stegosaurus looks like? It looks kind of different from what we... Like, the back doesn't arch quite as much and has a longer neck. And the tail is more level. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't dip like uh, we used to think it did. 
it just kind of it's kind of weird. People it, it dipped. It didn't dip in its depiction in the Lost World, but it did in Jurassic World. Although they fixed it in Fallen Kingdom. My, bo- oh, my boss got so mad at Jurassic World for the dipping tail. Yeah, <laughs> the things paleontologists like. But actually, honestly, you know, I've read most paleontologists don't care about inaccuracies in movies because they're just like, hey, I mean, yeah, it'd be better if they're more accurate, but it's more representation for dinosaurs in media. It gets more people interested in the. In the science, yeah. but it's mostly just the the armchair paleontologists on Twitter. They're like, blah, 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 blah. sixty-five looks like they're monsters. By that time, this episode comes out, that episode, that movie will what, have been long out. What bothers me more is when people criticize just doing fantastical things, like they like making the Indominus Rex. I, I I knew a woman. She went, "Oh, that's too sci-fi for me." I was like, "The entire series is about genetically yeah. engineered dinosaurs." Yeah, it's like well, that's the line for you. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic World is more sci-fi than the others, if only just because they had holograms in the uh, right. in the area. Although I've seen people, because like the problem with holograms, I used to think they were real because I see them so much. No, they're not. You can't have the light bouncing off of. Well, no, like they're all. It's all sci-fi so far. But like I've seen people come close when you have like a fan, like in terms of like mm. so, some sort of thing where it's like you create stuff that like floats, and then you can have the light bouncing off of that. Okay. I mean, I did in the really old, obscure show, Sequest DSV, they, mm-hmm. the captain had, I think it was supposed to be a hologram system in his room. He could talk to the computer. Mm-hmm. And it was basically just a stream of um, smoke mm-hmm. that, that fell down and they put a projector on it. <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I've seen people. And I think it was it. It was like mist is what you can b- use to bounce the light off of. Right, right, so. right. I mean, hey, that's... I think we'll figure out real holograms. Yeah, I, I, want, I want hard light. I want to be full on Green Lantern, <laughs> <laughs> or like the the color Herosian in, in my Megazoic book. <laughs> so, but yeah. Anyways, uh, buy my books, kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> you didn't notice the, notice the plug already. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Even though, oh, look, uh, um, but so that's probably like all I could fit in an episode for of Dicentrous. So if you're one of the presumably many, many, many people who call themselves proud Dicentrous fans, sorry I didn't cover anything. The fan club must be so disappointed. Oh, darn. <laughs> I've said Dicentrous a ton lately. You know, it's like a tongue twister. It doesn't even sound like a word anymore. Dicentrous, Dicentrous, Dicentrous. Decentralized. It's like a very political anarchist dinosaur. <laughs> oh, it's one of those centrist ones. <laughs> it's like when some people are like, we want basic rights. And that person's like, we want to enslave those people. And they're like, compromise? <laughs> <laughs> That's Dicentrous. How dare you? You fence-sitting piece of crap. That's why it's saying It's saying so much and yet nothing at the same time like it's it's i think we should be friends with the nazis what no that's what the centrist is saying no wonder the other stegosaurs don't talk to the one with a tail full of points you're not full of points at all you have no points you're pointless talking no Shove it up the tail full points though yeah peace with nazism is not a point no every day is punch a nazi day where does this show go? <laughs> rabbit holes we go down. Oh so many goodness. rabbit holes. So let's rate the centrist one out of sixty-five million. I mean, I guess since it's a centrist Nazi sympathizer, that's not that. It's not that though. It's it is it's, okay in terms of centrist though. I don't know. I guess it gets to the middle thirty-three million. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I mean, uh, maybe like twenty million. I don't know. I mean, uh... 
I don't know. I don't, I don't even. I, I say it was a shame my Megazord book. That's not like it had much character. The only shade that had really any character was the main one, Sinead, though. The rest weird. were kind of just cannon fodder. You know, it had really weird legs, so I'll give it a $40 million. Oh, wow. That, wow. The weird legs give it $40 million. Wow. Gets that bonus. <laughs> what was his name? It was Hedek. That's right, because they're all named after various shadowy gods. Except for Sinatho, which is just kind of like synthetic, is kind of but also like sinister. It's like, right. But right. then there was like Mossville, which is like Muspelheim from Norse mythology. There was Hedek was like Hecate. Nalex is like Nix and Nox from the Shadow Source things. And then the 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 one that's a long neck, it was a small long neck. What was he? Apo- Apoxis, I think. Apocus, which is like Apophis from Egyptian mythology. Was... Is it Apophis or Apophis? Apophis, maybe. Okay. But he was called Apocus, I think. Apocus or something. I don't know. The, the best part about the shades is when, again, spoiler alert, <laughs> was when Fleer killed them all at the end. <laughs> that was meant to show him taking a level in badass. Like, the shades have been bothering him the entire book. He gets a new sword and he takes down them all one at a time. <laughs> He's a, yeah, don't mess with that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Anyways, so that's it for this week. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact me at mattdeep at com. For any interesting questions to any of the co-hosts, you can find me on social media at MatthewDonald on Facebook, MatthewDonald64 on Twitter, and MatthewDonald64 on Instagram. Where can they find you, Stephen? You can find me at S-T-E-P-H-E-N-C-C-U-R-R-O.com. Stephen Seeker.com. Yes, got all, so many short stories there. Every time I see you, like, I've published 12 new short stories. Well, I mean, <laughs> minor publications. It's not like I'm... Yeah, but still, like, you got quite the portfolio. Well, I mean, you have five novels. So. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I have five novels. That's, That's what I'm saying. You yeah. have five novels. So I have five I, novels. Yeah, yeah, I do. I have, Soon I, to be six, hopefully. I have two full finished novels, and neither of them are published, but one day. Well, it's because <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing the traditional publishing route, which, man, I... I want you to succeed. I want you to succeed so badly. I, mean, I really do it's because to the point where I might have to go self-publish. Uh, I, I mean, I get it. And it's just so it's soul sucking. It really is. Oh my god! If you have any personal rejections yet, because I never did. The closest I got was one agent actually set referenced my main character in her rejection. Okay, that's more than took, I got. You actually took a look. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time <laughs> when I got rejection, it was just like, thank you for submitting. Unfortunately, we can, we've decided not, we don't have the time for this, but don't, don't worry. Keep submitting and you'll find some like, it's, it's the most. We understand well, this is very subjective. Oh, do you? Do you? <laughs> I just, uh, I envision, again, this is where my mind just makes up things to be mad at, <laughs> but I imagine what's going to happen is that if I ever, Managed to like get my books bigger to the point because like you got you have connections like my girlfriend has a lot of connections that's right. what I'm trying to do try and slowly big my name up there. Um, if it gets bigger, then the publishers start coming to me and I'm like, oh, so it isn't about good stories; it's about profitability. <laughs> well, that's that's what it always is. They look at a story and the first question is, can I market it? Yeah, which is but then really which is like, which again like fine, be transparent about it, though. Don't be like we market great stories. We're all about what it takes to make a good story. Oh, you're not. <laughs> we love working with authors. We really? love working oh, with really? storytellers. Uh, storytellers who make us a lot of money. Oh, did I say that out loud? No, uh, yeah. <laughs> Just say it out loud. Be up front. <laughs> at least then I'll have some respect for you. Like, well, you're transparent. At least you're, at least you're up front. Fair enough. <laughs> Welcome to Moneybags Publishing. <laughs> Moneybags Publishing. For all your, I was about to say young adult paranormal romance, but that's not even a thing anymore. Neither is dystopian sci-fi. That's been out of the gate. No, no, it totally is. They, but, make, they make new stuff. I mean, there hasn't been anything as like gigantic um, as Hunger. I mean, the maze. The one that I the maze I, runner kind of. But, the one, well, the book I've seen a lot of people read recently is like, what's that one called? It's like a Crown of Thorn and Roses. Is that? 
that sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a song. It's like a blank of blank and blank. It's a song of ice and fire, crown of thorn and roses. A right, tune, right. A tune I mean, of frost and flame. Just, that's just uh, young adult dystopia is not going away. It's just it's become more mainstream now. Yeah. Anyways, Decenturous. Oh, that's right. We already finished it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I have a book series on Amazon Megazog available for print and Kindle. If you want to see the the deep and riveting three-dimensional character of the Decenturous that is in my books. Yeah, he's in the Pineal of Power. It's pretty good. His name's Haddock. <laughs> he's a shade. That's pretty cool. He's a dinosaur shade. There's more to it than that, though, even though I've spoiled everything else, <laughs> including that he gets killed by Falir. <laughs> Read the books. You'll you'll be in for a while. There's a lot of details. And again, there's more to it than this. All right. That's it for this week. And say the end of every episode of Paleo Lights. Just forget the science. All right. Bye. Bye. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.